Hi, you're welcome along to the gardening programme here on Midwest Radio. Uh, Bork, Bork in a sitting studio. And he's got a big smile on his face because he really <laughs> likes that forecast. I sure do. Four days of fantastic weather. I mean, waking up this morning, it is, I suppose, late September, but seeing the frost back, I thought, hmm, mm, it's going to see a couple of the uh, bedding plants and, and so on will start to uh, uh, disintegrate right, over that, the next... Right, that'll kind of yeah, just see them off. Frost. Well, it, it wasn't a severe frost, um, albeit we had to get our the kettles out this morning. We did. <laughs> to, we had to run back to get in, in here to the studio. Yeah. But um, yeah, the start of frost. We normally don't see it really until October uh, because many of our bedding plants will flower well up until uh, November. But uh, it wasn't damaging enough to to kill off plants. But I think if we get a couple of nights of it, but I suppose autumn is truly here. But it's been a fantastic week for gardening, and um, you know I know you've been doing lots, but I've done so much myself in the in, in the the last couple of days has yeah. been brilliant. Well, very basic gardening in my world now, but uh, if, the, if the grass cutting the grass uh, it constitutes gardening, then that's all I've been at. Yeah. But it is good to get it done. It's good to get it done and it's a really good planting weather at the moment. And we did mention the planting of seeds and sowing of lawns last week and planting the Japanese onion sets and vegetable plants and all of that good stuff. The weather is absolutely ideal at the moment. So I'll let people use the next couple of days. Tomorrow's promised another beautiful day and it's going to go right up till Tuesday. So it's really really good planting weather but before we get into the gardening Deirdre I just want to remind people that we have the Artisan and Craft Weekend kicking off uh, today actually in our store in Turnock in Castle Barron. This was an initiative that um, we've had such a We've had a brilliant gardening year and one of the things that uh, I suppose the Horkin family and the team in Turlock, we wanted to give back, particularly to the community. So we thought what better way to reach out to um, local community artisan producers that um, are having a tough time because a lot of their uh, weekly craft stalls and, and events have been cancelled. So. We've opened up the space in the garden centre uh, free of charge to uh, a wide range of 40, over 40 artisan producers um, that will run from today right through until Christmas. So today I, I actually walked the centre this morning. There's 11 crafters beavering away in, in Turlock at the moment and uh, it looks really, really well. And that's going to run every weekend from this Saturday and Sunday right through until Christmas. At the moment, I suppose it's a strong kind of, um, the theme is really around handmade crafts hmm. for October. And I brought a couple of things into studio. So, so what, what have we got? Well, well starting off, I thought yep. one that caught my eye was um, a, a local producer, a, a lady called Samantha Connor in, in Balcarra. She runs Cara crafts and she has these range of personalised gifts. I thought this family tree was absolutely lovely. Oh, but to think that, that that's is gorgeous. Handmade. So this is a, a framed, um, I suppose, a family tree with all the names of the family, all handmade, beautifully framed in a in a kind of a 3D frame and, and really, really nice. And, and Samantha kind of specialised in personalised gifts um, for special events. So it could be for children's birthdays or communions or confirmations or weddings or whatever. Whatever the occasion is, she puts together a beautiful uh, collage of photographs or in this instance the various names of the, the family tree, yeah. on a tree handmade I thought it's a lo- and it's she's some gorgeous. beautiful beautiful items one that caught my eye for you was a Spotify <laughs> yeah, yeah. frame I said that dear to will love this so this is actually a framed um, I think it's a wedding it's picture. a wedding yeah picture. so I guess again it, it, it strikes me as something that um, this might be the first dance at the wedding yes yeah um, so we have a beautiful uh, frame uh, with picture of a couple uh, in it and the song in this instance is Burning Love, Travis Trish. So 
curiosity has to get the better of me and I've said <laughs> so there's a scan here on this this is wonderful um, and you literally just scan uh, the, the, picture. the frame yeah. with your Spotify uh, which we have and we're going to very quickly seek on this work and you get we won't it spend yeah. it too long at it but if it works it works so we point the camera to the Spotify and away we go and that's kind of literally playing off the phone there and Travis Tritt and there you Isn't go fantastic? yeah so that's brilliant that's such a novel idea and I'm sure uh, lots of people would be really interested in that yeah. so 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 that's Cara Crafts they, they do a wide range of personalised gifts personalised face masks baby grows all that sort of stuff I thought a lovely item that Samantha had was um, a chart for measuring a child's growth it's a six foot high chart that goes on the wall and you can measure the child from you know baby infants right up to, to hopefully they get to six feet tall but there's lots of other really really good artisan producers I thought this um, upcycled uh, lamp look made from copper oh, uh, this is Paul Kerwin uh, beautiful so it's bits Sorry, of copper Sorry I hadn't seen that now the screen yeah, was behind it's me absolutely lovely front of me. Uh, That's a really uh, novel clever idea and it's got that kind of industrial design that can yes. be quite fashionable at the moment Very very fashionable um, very, I, very I have nice to say piece. I love that I that's think that's really, really, nice really good So that's recycled copper uh, Paul Kerwin is, is the crafter there and some lovely some lovely items from him and um, We've got a, a florist there, Deirdre McCarthy is in, and she has a beautiful range of Halloween wreaths and uh, for dressing the ornament, for mantelpieces mm-hmm. and all of that sort of pieces, all the, those things. And some knitwear as well. This is um, from Kitty's Knits. And again, it's a, the traditional boning jumper and lots oh, of other knitting things. So look at, if, you're, if you are around this weekend, drop into the garden centre in Turlock Castle Bar. Um, we've made the space free, freely available. Anything that people p- purchase over the weekend or right through to Christmas goes directly to the crafters and, and it's a way of us giving back and supporting local crafters. And we're going to change it up so next month it'll be a mixture of crafts and food and then as we go into November and December it will be um, really strong focus on food coming up to Christmas. So it's all local producers, all from the Connacht area. We're delighted to house them. They're going to be over 40 between now and Christmas. We're starting with the first 11 today and uh, I, I was intrigued this morning um, going yeah, around well, looking at I them all. Say, absolutely uh, thanks fantastic. a million for bringing they're great uh, people as well. all the different elements into the studio this morning because that is uh, I'm equally intrigued now we are gardening as well we today. are gardening so do tell what are we at over well, the weekend well I thought again just walking the store the morning, this morning I thought one of the things I haven't featured is the sowing of broad beans and we, we sow broad beans at this time of year and here's a really simple project you could get again the children to do because broad beans are quite a large bean you sow them now anytime from September through to the end of November they germinate albeit right the germination no matter what the weather even in the frosty weather the seed is that hardy and you'll get lovely broad beans then in early summer late spring early summer of next year but they're sown at this time of year and that is a variety called Masterpiece that's from the Sutton's range yeah it's a really really nice one just something different to sow at this time of year I did feature the green manures last week and and one that I omitted was the red clover that's one you can sow at this time of year again if you've got a piece of soil that you just want to 
keep it nice and clean and tidy, but also add nutrition to your soil and add something that will attract the pollinators. The green manure seed is so simple to grow. And the other thing, we've been chatting about bulbs and bulb planting for the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. This is the time for sowing the tulips and daffodils. But also, if you want scent at Christmas time, and again, a little project for children, there is a hyacinth bulb. The flower bud is already formed within the centre of the bud. So all that plant needs is some moisture and temperature, and it will actually start to grow and flower for Christmas. But now, in late September, is the time to pot them up. So what you simply do is buy three or five bulbs, put them into a pot of ordinary potting compost, water them, leave them outdoors for about five or six weeks. The frost that we're getting at uh, over these couple of yeah. months won't affect them whatsoever. If anything, it'll help them to initiate uh, new roots. And you bring them in then about the middle of October, the kind of end of October, bring you bring them back into the house into a warm location and hey presto, they flower for Christmas. And a great little, lovely little gift for children to give Absolutely. to maybe grandparents at Christmas time, but also lovely to have in your home for Christmas because they have a fantastic scent. Beautiful scent beats. and a small bit of colour as well. Beautiful colour. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. And they grow out of doors as well, but they're lovely at this time of year for starting off. And I thought, what a nice little children's project that kids could do. Um you know, with, with, with an idea yeah. of maybe giving it as a gift later on uh, during the Christmas period. But look, at the weather's fantastic. Really, it's all the jobs that we talked about last week in terms of planting the garlic, planting the shallots and onion sets at this time of year. Bulb planting should continue. The sowing of wildflower seed should be done at this time of year. Consider the garden songbirds as well. Start to get the feeders out now and maybe put up some nesting boxes in preparation for next year. If you have nesting boxes in your garden from this year, it's time to clean them out they need a bit of a clean out and a tidy up okay so that we, we take out the old nests and, and allow the birds to, to rebuild next spring but also the feeding of wild birds should commence at this time of year to build up those fat reserves before we get into the into the, the really the cold harsher, weather yeah into the harder period the planting of trees I featured last week and the soil conditions I planted a, a bed myself a new bed in, in the garden with miscanthus grass about 30 of them uh, it's a project I'm doing okay I'll that sounds you, really I'll interesting you, yeah do I'll show you pictures of it later on miscanthus Stra- tell grass. us about Miscanthus grass in case we're not familiar with it. It's a beautiful grass that produces, uh, grows about 1.2 metres in height, um, so kind of chest height. Um, I planted it in a large bed, about 30 of them, just to fill up, up the bed. And they produce a lovely kind of grass, like a pampas grass mm-hmm. flower in red at this time of year. So really nice plant, really easy to grow. And I just wanted to fill up the bed and yeah. and you know, low maintenance, low maintenance, yeah, make it easy. But it's part of a project. I'm actually building a little outdoor area uh, where we can sit out, listen to a bit of Spotify music, and lovely. maybe have a little heater in it. Yeah. So it's a little project I'm 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 uh, embarking on at the moment. And um, so that's phase one of that. But the planting and the soil conditions are ideal for planting all plants at the moment: trees, shrubs, hedging. You know, if you want to plant some fruit trees or whatever, there's plenty of moisture in the soil. But it's very workable at the moment. And Listeners that are still keen on putting in new lawns or reseeding areas, again, the temperatures and the soil conditions are absolutely perfect. Do remember to still deadhead a lot of the old flowers. So if there are bits of flowers going over, just deadhead your roses, deadhead any old flowers, maybe give them a liquid feed and that'll mm. encourage them back into growth. And there's still plenty of time. Even even colour. with the colder even weather. Even with the cold weather, roses will, will kick into growth again. Because when we get the frost, 
you're always promised a good day afterwards, aren't you? So today, the temperatures are probably going to get up to 12 or 15 degrees. So growth will still continue, even though you get the frost at night time. The frost is going to be damaging more on bedding plants and, uh, you know, your marigolds and your dahlias. The dahlias will continue to go, but, but um, you know, it's those sort of tender plants that are going to be affected That's by the frost. Right. But all of our hardy plants are perfectly okay and still you can sow seed and bulbs even with the frost. Fantastic. So they're the type of, use the good weather. Get on the, the moss treatments now on the lawns the likes of zero and give the lawn a feed and if you've got any moss say on, on hard surface areas the pack will get rid of that now so th- there are the type of jobs I would be doing over the next four days okay, before brilliant. the rain comes before back the rain again comes. and yeah. it does sound like it's <clears throat> coming uh, in some abundance according to that forecast from Met Erin now Porik uh, straight in something that is brand new to me uh, so you may explain the question is I have a four foot tall echium I think how can I protect from the frost last one the same size last year in the most sheltered part of the garden should I bring in my dark cannas now oh sorry two-handed question there in pots well first of all I know what a canna is but what's an echium? Echium is a, is a plant it actually grows uh, four feet is actually quite low for it they tend to grow anything up to ten feet in, in height um, it's a plant that comes to us from North Africa Canary okay. Islands region. Oh, okay. And um, beautiful plant. It produces lots and lots of small flowers that are loved by the bees. It's a biennial, which means it lasts two years. So typically, echiums are sown from seed in the spring. They grow a bit like foxgloves as a rosette of um, foliage, quite low, low growing uh, in the first year. And then the second year, they come into flower and they produce these massive long spikes of flowers, generally white or blue in colour, oh, with beautiful. thousands and thousands of flowers. And the bees absolutely love them. Because they're biennial, they die naturally after two years. So you won't have it for more than two years. So the year one is always as a rosette of leaves and year two then it comes into flower. Having said that, it does produce seed and often the seed will germinate but also you can collect the seed at this time of year. You can actually take the seed from the echium flowers and sow it next spring indoors yourself, start it off and plant it out of doors then remembering that it will flower the following year. So it's one of these... um, you know, tender, I suppose, plants. It does need a sunny location, needs a free draining soil. Because of its height and bulk, it needs a quite rich soil as well. So, you know, you having it in the garden, it's not a perennial plant. It it lasts for two years and after that you have to re-sow it from seed as well. In relation to the canna lilies, it's they're they're producing the beautiful foliage colour and many of them come in with red flowers or orange flowers. They are tender, so you treat them like dahlias. Mm-hmm. So I would leave them out for maybe another three weeks see what the weather, how the weather does. The fact that they're in pots has them up above the frost, so they're okay. Um, so leave them for maybe another three weeks until the end of October and then consider bringing them indoors. But it is advisable to breed cannas indoors, otherwise they'll rot over okay. the winter period. Right, okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Uh, now, somebody's looking for Arthur Bell and Galway Bay Rose, wondering, uh, is it possible roses. to get those at the yeah, moment? Yeah, this is a good time to order roses. Um, you know, the new season's roses will be coming available in garden centres. So if they're not just in yet, leave an order in your local garden centre and they'll get them in for you. Two beautiful varieties. Uh, Gal- Galway Bay is a fabulous climbing rose and Arthur Bell is, is stunning as well. The lovely, um, It starts a kind of an, a, a, deep, a deep red and then opens to a butter yellow colour oh. with a fabulous scent. So it's a, a really good old variety, two great old varieties. But a really good time of year 
for planting climbing roses and planting roses in general for any time from now on. Okay. Soil conditions are perfect. Perfect. And they will all flower next year. Super duper. Now, some Paddy is in Castlebar. He had a lovely lawn until a week ago and now has big brown patches that look like dead grass. He didn't put anything on it. Oh, it's unusual. Well, generally when you see uh, patches, damaged patches, uh, it, it's a sign that you could have either leather jackets or cutworms in the soil that feed on the um, the roots of the plant and, and cause it to die away. Um, so if Paddy hasn't used any sprays or any, um, you know, he hasn't been too heavy with lawn feeds or whatever, it's a it's a root problem. And um, so check for any pests. You can simply just dig a small area of the lawn, Paddy, and, and check it. The grubs are quite distinctive. Um, you can also get diseases in lawns, fusarium patches, yellowing, uh, a rotting of the grass, which is a disease-related problem. So if the pests aren't there, it will be a disease problem. Maybe if Paddy took a couple of pictures and send them in on the WhatsApp by WhatsApp, we'd here. be able to have a look. Yeah, we'd be able to have a uh, yeah, we to look S- at it. Same number, just yeah. on the WhatsApp, yeah. Paddy. That'd be great. Now, with both problems, yeah. the grass will come back, and you can reseed the areas, and and you know it's a temporary thing. The lawn will come back. The lawn again. will come yeah. back again. Yeah. Okay, so it just needs a, a bit of treatment there. Yeah. And maybe send in the photos. Okay, great. Um, now I know we've a couple of hedging questions. We'll, I might come back to the the laurel hedge there yeah. uh, shortly. Potatoes. We have potatoes. They've all worms and wormholes this year. How can I prevent this next year or prepare the soil? Asks James. Okay, so James has wireworm. I would imagine which uh, wireworm and potatoes. The potatoes look fine until you cut them open and they've, they've got this kind of brown streak through the potato, and you'll see a small entry and exit hole uh, where the wireworm comes through. Um, you can treat them next next year with the nematodes. They're very effective on wireworm. And um, so plant them, James, next spring and then put the nematodes on anytime from May, June and that'll control the, the wireworm in the soil. Brilliant. Now we've got to turn our attention to WhatsApp for a few minutes. Um, so we have a photograph in from Mary and Tour McKeady and we have a house plant here. Mary was told not to change the plant out of its pot. She's wondering, is, would this be correct? She thinks it's too big. Yeah, and it's beginning to fall, fall over. This is one of the bromeliads. Um, it's Guzmania, which is a bromeliad, um, very similar to the urn plant. People may know the urn plant. You often water bromeliads from the centre of the plant. They're epiphytes, which means they live in trees um, and, and grow in mosses and algaes and that type of thing. And they collect their, their rainwater through the funnel of leaves. It channels it into the centre of the plant. It's beautiful in flower at the moment. Mm. But um, Guzmanias tend not to be a long-lived plant. They'll throw up once it finishes flowering and it flowers for up to six months. But once it finishes and the, the central stem there starts to die away, it'll actually produce off little offsets little young offsets and the central rosette of the plant will die away. Okay. So this happens with urn plants, with guzmanias, with all the bromeliads. Once they finish flowering, the mother plant, as it, as it were, dies, but it throws off three or four offsets and those little offsets can be severed from the plant and put into new pots and you start the whole process off again. Um, they like to be in a tight pot as this one is, but if it's beginning to fall over, then maybe get yourself one of the terracotta pots that give it a little bit more weight and anchor the plant. Right. And there's no harm in repotting it. it okay. You're not going to it damage won't. the plant. No, no. But having said that, they do like to be in a in a relatively tight pot. And this plant is exceptionally 
good condition. Okay, so it's 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 pretty it's happy there. It's because it's yeah. got its its flower. The flowers yeah. at the top. Uh, the rosette leaves are really really strong, and um, the listener Mary will actually see the rosettes, little young offsets coming at the base just above the pot over the next couple of weeks. So take those off with a sharp knife put them into a small pot, start them off and they will come back into flower this time next year. Okay. You get yourself three or four new plants. Brilliant. Now, we have a question wondering when can we sow the seeds that we're now getting from marigolds and dahlias Mm. now or next spring and how do we preserve them over the winter? So first of all, it's a great time of year for collecting the seed of plants. So plants are are following nature's trigger and they're producing their own seed at this time of year. So plants like marigolds and, and dahlias and the Uh, the echium that I've spoke about, you can collect the seeds from those plants at the moment. Store them in brown paper bags uh, for the winter. So just literally put them into an envelope for the winter. Keep them in a dry, warm location. Airing cupboard would be ideal or on a windowsill for the winter period and sow them next spring. So we sow the seeds of all the bedding plants starting in kind of February is soon enough, to be honest. Start them off indoors in trays of compost, cover them with a little bit of cling film. They'll germinate within a couple of weeks and you can simply pot them on into small pots and plant them out then once the risk of frost has uh, um, has has gone over. So that will be kind of late April, early May, you start to plant them out. So don't sow them too soon because you'll be fed up looking at them. Yeah, OK. okay. <laughs> on the windowsill. So February, March is time enough to re-sow. Okay, Uh, so we have a series of photographs here now. So it's a fairly large outdoor area Mm. at the back of presumably um, a house or uh, somewhere. So what they've done here is they've cut back an overgrown area of the garden. So they've done a lot of cutting by the looks of it, Jan. It's quite a significant space. Um, uh, So it was full of briars and ivy and weeds. So really good job done there. Roots are still running along the ground and taking growth again. So the question is, how can we clear off those to convert the area into a lawn for next year and and on a technical question what's the difference between Roundup and Weed Kill 360? Okay, very little to be <laughs> honest they both have the same active ingredient glyphosate and in using Weed Free 360 or Roundup once you apply them the, the, the um, active ingredient becomes inactive once it touches the soil so it controls anything you spray it on mm. but um but it doesn't contaminate the soil, which means that you can sow the seeds if you want to put in a lawn, um, you know, any time once the weeds have died. Now, there is still a bit of grass growth there. You can see some weed growth around the base of the trees. The ground is still quite unleveled. Um, So my advice would be to treat any any weeds that are coming there now, put a second second application of uh, the treatment down, add some extra soil and level the area off. And I wouldn't reseed that patch until next spring. So let any weeds or any vegetation or any bits of the old ivy grow over the winter period, which it will. Retreat it then in April and then sow the seed. And because otherwise you'll have bits of the briars and you'll have uh, any of the perennial weeds coming back up through your lawn next spring. Um, so it needs a bit of levelling. It need keep an eye on the weeds over the winter period. Keep keep it clean and then sow that area next spring. Put down something like the green velvet lawn seed because it's against a wall and there's some trees there as well. It'd be lovely to underplant, even though you're putting in the lawn, to put in some bulbs as well in that area because it it has a kind of a semi wood woodland, woodland type yes, feel. Yes, it does. Yes, and snowdrop 
crops and crocuses and uh, bluebells would be beautiful in that area and they could be planted now uh, even though you're going to sow, sow the lawn next spring you could actually plant those over the next couple of weeks and any treatment you put down in terms of weed killers won't affect them Oh fantastic yeah. and it would be really beautiful be lovely, uh, lovely. Bluebells there and it, there's a lovely stone wall at the very there back There is and, so and some uh, the, it looks like white thorn or, or uh, some broadleaf trees there as well so it's a lovely little area Excellent We're going to stay with trees for a mm-hmm. moment and somebody's wondering about good native trees for a very small garden now it's very hard to know how big or small things are they can be a bit relative but I suppose we'll say maybe just a domestic household small yeah, back well, garden a, a range of native Irish trees are the roan trees the sorbus um, and you've got a whole range of different varieties so you've Joseph Rock which produces beautiful yellow berries at this time of year white flowers in the spring yellow berries really hardy trees now they grow to about 12 to 15 feet which sounds a lot but actually in tree height is quite small it's a relatively small tree it won't cast any shade it's ideal for a small garden and the mountain ash or sorbus family respond very well to a little bit of pruning as well if you did need to give it extra small but there are varieties like Joseph Rock Vilmariana has beautiful white berries um, they come in pink buried versions and red buried versions like sorbus um, acuparia so there's some the sorbus family if you wanted a good native Irish tree that's brilliant for pollinators and also for the birds in the mm. winter time they would be really good um, birch make, make quite a li- nice tree um, you know birch particularly um, the silver birch beautiful native Irish tree again and um, relatively small low growing well Again, it'll make that 12 or 15 feet, but it's, it doesn't have a heavy canopy of leaves. It does rep- respond to a little bit of pruning as well. Those two, holly is the native Irish tree Truth. as well. Yep. The strawberry tree or butus unidu, if you wanted something a little bit different, it's an evergreen tree, retains its leaf 12 months of the year. Beautiful bark colour. It flowers in. It flowers actually at this time of year and it produces the berries at this time of year. How about that? That's fantastic. So, so flowers and, and berries, berries at, at the, the same, same time. time of year. And it gets its name, the strawberry tree, because it produces strawberry-like fruits, which are edible. And um, and I have a great memory of them in the Botanic Gardens when I was a student there a long, long time ago. Not that long ago. <laughs> but they're a fabulous tree and they have some beautiful specimens in the Botanic Gardens if people are ever up. But remember, they retain their leaves, fantastic stem colour and beautiful uh, flowers and fruits. Okay. edible fruits. So you've got a little bit mm. of everything going on there. Lovely tree. Arbutus unido. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit, if mm. we may, Porig, about uh, just general um, trimming back uh, yes. of hedges mm-hmm. and because I just see a, a number of questions. So if, if your question relates to mm. hedges, trimming, uh, <laughs> trees or anything of that nature, shrubs, <laughs> we we're going to we're going to do a catch-all <laughs> on them now because it's just, we do get, they, they mm. do become very uh, repetitive or lots of people yeah, obviously yeah. have the same situation. Well, people so, want to tidy up their yeah, garden. Yeah, so people so I see a general question there is can I start cutting back my garden so I'm not sure okay, exactly Okay so hedges yeah. hedges in general this is a really good time of year to just tidy them up yeah. don't do any severe pruning leave that over till springtime if you really want to challenge something and cut it back really tight or hard but if you want to tidy up your laurel hedge or your escalonia hedge or your beech hedge that, that can be done at this time of year. Taking six, eight inches, maybe a foot of growth from the plants, both top and sides. It's a brilliant, brilliant time of year for trimming of hedges in, in general. Shrubs that should be pruned at this time of year are those that have finished flowering, like buddleias have gone out of flower now and now is a good time to, to cut them back. But others are still flowering, like hydrangeas are still blooming now. So you might deadhead the flowers, which remains just taking the old flower away, but you're leaving all the rest of the flowers to continue to bloom. And hydrangeas can be pruned more so in springtime in kind of February, March that sort of 
period, early April is a good time to prune hydrangeas. So any plants that have gone out of flower, um, certainly they can be pruned back and tidied up. But those that are still continuing to bloom are better left over until springtime. Um, deadheading of all plants, like I mentioned, the roses or plants that may repeat flowering, like herbaceous plants. Rudbeckia, for example, is in full flower at the moment. Beautiful, bright yellow flowers. But a little bit of deadheading tends to extend that flowering period. Asters are in full flower at the moment. But again, a little bit of deadheading is no harm and you extend the flowering period. So, you know, tidy the hedges by all means. If there are evergreen plants like, you know, if you've got evergreen shrubs like euonymus that are grown for their foliage colour, mm. again, a light trimming back at this time of year, but no heavy pruning really until next, next spring. Because if you prune something really hard, it, it has that hard cut look until next spring. It can yeah. have the bare branches and all of that. So a tidying up of plants is certainly advisable, but no severe pruning. No severe pruning. <clears throat> Perfect. Okay. Okay. So the question is, do do you deliver plants and shrubs uh, within 50 miles of Castle Bar? Well, we, we, people can shop online. So if you go to horkins.ie, we've a range of plants that are available online and we, we send them by DPD. They actually transport our, our plants around the country. Okay. So the answer to the question is yes. Mm. Okay. Uh, now, um, storing storing potatoes, storing carrots. I see some questions yeah. in on that. Yeah. Best time to lift carrots for storage. And and my advice really is, particularly with potatoes, get them out of the ground now. Like don't be waiting until November uh, when the, the the weather conditions and the soil conditions are going to be horrendous. So this type of weather at the moment is ideal for taking, particularly potatoes. Harvest them now. Um, you know, clean them off to to a certain extent without removing all the the soil and store them in in a dark, cool location for the winter uh, period. Use any that are being bruised or damaged, use them up first. Uh, but potatoes will store really well and it's a good time of year to get them out. Carrots do better if they're left in the ground for for another couple of weeks, as do parsnips. They actually sweeten a little bit. Um, so I would leave those until the end of October if you can, if they're if they're still growing well. But once the greens have gone off the tops of them, mm-hmm. um, they're not going to grow anymore and, and that's a good signal to start lifting them and um, parsnips should be left in the ground that they sweeten better and they can be left right up close to Christmas in the ground they're quite um, you know they actually benefit from a little bit of frost interesting yeah so so they're better kept in the ground and um, so I would be harvesting potatoes in particular and storing them carrots you can start harvesting from now but they will be fine right up until the end of October and parsnips then are better left until certainly November December sort of period Okay, because they're, they're not great if they're a bit tasteless. So yeah, they do, are. That's you it. Do, they, you do want the nice sweet. Sweet, to them. And, and that comes with a little bit of cold weather. Okay, in interesting. This, yeah. Um, now, on frosty nights like this one, what protection should we give to winter cabbage and broccoli and spinach? Uh, these are out in the garden. I have a veggie pod too. Good. Does that need any frost protection for herbs, onions, spinach, and some broccoli in there? So saves Benny and Sita. Good morning. And the answer is no. No. No protection no needed protection whatsoever. Need. I mean, plants like uh, winter broccoli, winter cabbage and spinach are perfectly fine. They're, they're tolerant of the sort of... Last night was a light frost and it's not going to do them any any damage whatsoever. Um, you know, so... The, um, so leave them well enough alone. Now, if we do get into really, really cold, hard frost or maybe some snow mm. in November, December, you can get a little bit of, of um, winter fleece and put that over the plants and that'll help to protect them. But they're all perfectly winter hardy. The same thing with the veggie pod. That has its own protective cover. And the fact that the veggie pod is a metre above the ground, it's not actually going to be getting the frost. 
So if you go into your veggie pod this morning, the f- ground won't be frozen or the compost won't be frozen because it was more a grass frost last night nice, than nice. actually an air frost. Um, so the veggie pod, and you have the protection on it, and the veggie pod comes with a winter cover. So in November, you can always put that cover. It's a plastic cover. Yeah. creates kind of like a polythene a tunnel effect, and that can go on over the the mesh cover oh, in clever. November and that keeps the misery of winter off the plants it keeps the rain and the, and the heavy wind Wind's. and heavy heavy frost off them as well so no just sit back enjoy your your spinach and your cabbage and keep an eye on the, the slugs at the Sound, moment sounds really and good yeah there'll be something to look forward to somebody's got a poncetia that's gone very big and tall I presume it's from last year yeah wow. well done <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the new varieties of poncetias um <clears throat> Last for many many years. It's it's a plant from Mexico. It comes all the way to to us from Mexico. Um, Joseph uh, Ponsetti is is actually the guy that found it. He was the ambassador, believe it or not, the American ambassador to Mexico oh. and found the plant growing in Mexico um, as a shrub. As it you know, it has the perfect conditions for growing, and um, so he found it, brought it to the states, and his family actually made it uh, made it uh, famous. In America, you know, your Christmas back. gifts, is it? Yeah, I and mean, just yeah, I think he got it on from memory. Now I'm going from memory here, but uh, I think he got it on one of the um, one of the TV shows or whatever. And and from there on, it just took off. Took off. Like, yeah, I suppose it does have the splash of color for oh, and the red and everything. Yeah, it for is, the American I mean, yeah. market, you know, yeah. it, was, it was. And then from there, it, it went all over the world. The world. So uh, Joseph Ponsetti, we can thank him for that. Um, so the question is, yeah, it's going to all look. At, don't go cutting it back because you're going to remove the um, the lovely uh, red color. Now they need total natural light. So the don't place it in a room that you're going to be switching on a light. I know that's kind of difficult to do, but you need really a place where it gets natural daylight and natural darkness. And so if they're in, if poncessiers are kept in a room that you're flicking on the lights and leave them on for several hours, you won't get the lovely red effect right. this Christmas. So growers of poncessias have to exclude, even car lights can affect the growing so, the, you know, it's, it's actually a tricky job in growing poinsettias. It's quite technical. It is. So you have to give the plant absolute natural daylight and day darkness, if that makes sense, or night darkness. So ideally a room, a spare room that you're not using that often and that you can kind of keep it there and that it gets its whatever. At the moment, we're kind of 12 hours of brightness, aren't we, and 12 hours of darkness. And as we slip through the winter, that's going to, um, you know, uh, go, go to more darkness. So you've got to give it its natural Natural da- light, yeah. Daylight and, and darkness to get it to trigger itself to, to go red. Okay. Now we're going to move to uh, rhododendrons. Rhododendron, and yeah, we really have three sad. rhododendrons that were planted. One isn't doing so good. Leaves have curled up and drooping and the branches have gone yellow. What might you suggest? Yeah, I'd say, and if the other two are doing well, and I can see them in the background, actually, you can see, see the healthy one in the yes, background. Yes, the, and the and just, yeah. it, yep. Well, I know the one to the, the right of that is lovely and healthy. And this one, it looks really sad. The, yellow, the leaves are drooping and it's gone yellow. I would imagine there's probably a uh, root damage to this one. It could be uh, vine weed damage um, so it would be interesting just to lift the plant and it would be perfectly fine to lift it now um, so dig it up just have a look at the root base see is there any physical damage to the roots it, it looks like that to me as if uh, there's something gnawing away at the roots and vine weevil are very attracted to um, rhododendrons. rhododendrons and if it's that you can use uh, go into your local garden centre and they'll give you a treatment for that um, so that it looks like that you know that, that seems to be the problem 
Okay, now we have a super uh, photograph of some apples in and they're small and, well, they're not the most aesthetically beautiful apples for sure. They're small and have rough skin this year. Uh, Wondering what's the problem? They're perfect inside. The apple trees are 8 to 10 years old. Yeah, and this is a little bit of apple scab. So on the outer side of the leaf, you get this pitted brown kind of speckled uh, marking. It, It makes them look unsightly, but as the listener says, they're perfectly fine. It's skin deep. So there's no no uh, need to dump these apples. These are perfectly usable. Yeah. They won't store, so they'll they'll rot if you try to store them for the winter period. So use them up. Uh, they look like cooking a cooking Cookie, variety, yeah. and you can see the red apples beside them are perfectly They're fine. They're perfectly <clears throat> fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So so it's a little bit of apple scab. You can uh, and and we tend to get apple scab with um, wet weather that that we had in July and August. Remember how wet it was then, and that tends to favour the spread of apple scab. So do remember that they're pro- they're perfectly edible uh, just peel the skin use the uh, the apples they're fine don't store them because they won't they'll store for maybe two weeks or three weeks but right. it'll start to rot then and for next year if you do want to prevent it you can put on fungus clear uh, it's a similar treatment that we use on roses to prevent any disease problems okay great. that can be done in june july august sort of period okay perfect um now is it too late to sow brussels sprout seeds outside uh, well it is really i mean brussels sprouts <clears throat> should be um you know they should be a, a foot a foot and a half you'll I mean, we want them for christmas right. don't we okay so it's too late to plant them um what you can plant at this time of year and you'll get the plants in your local garden center purple sprouting broccoli um as from a plant form you can do now uh pixie cabbage will be a available spinach, winter lettuce varieties, um, they're all Japanese onion sets, garlic, shallots they're all available for planting now and they'll do perfectly fine um, from seed you're looking at things like radish, um, spring cabbage, lettuce will grow fine, winter onions se- uh, seed, the white Lisbon, the hardy seed would be fine, uh, you could still sow kale from seed now and use it next spring so anything we're sowing from seed at this time of year, the broad beans that I mentioned at the top of the programme could be sowed from seed now um, anything that you're sowing from seed is for use in April and May of next year. Okay, that's good. So, so Brussels sprouts will be out of season at that time of year. Is there a general rule <clears throat> of thumb of how, how far in advance one sows before one harvests? Well, for most, some vegetables like <clears throat> radish... I know that uh, could be a very broad question. It is now. because, you know, some root vegetables like radish are re- available in a couple of weeks. The Suttons do a range of veg called the speedy veg, which are ready within six okay. weeks of sowing or eight weeks of sowing, but you're cropping the young leaves in that instance. Generally for most root crops and for or leafy crops, you're looking at kind of 18 weeks, you know, maybe 24 weeks okay. from sowing the seed to actually harvesting the crop. And obviously that at this time of year, because growth is a lot slower, you extend that by several weeks. So some plants are slow, some plants are pretty quick, like radishes, beetroots, mm. um, you know, some of the, the winter carrots can be sown. Uh, Eskimo is quite a good variety. So the smaller ones, but, so, but, the, and the, mm. but the leafier ones tend to be that, that just take that little bit longer. They do just take that a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. The broad beans that I mentioned, yes. like if you sow those now, you won't be harvesting them until June or July of next That's year. True. Right. Yeah, okay. so they do take a bit of time. Now, is it possible mm. to take cuttings from salvia, which are still in flower, and do I cut them back? Yeah, so this is the perennial salvia. So there are two types of salvia. You've got the annual form, which is the lovely red, uh, beautiful kind of bright red flowers and green foliage. And you've got the perennial 
salvias that come back year after year. Now, they're not frost hardy. So if in a, in a winter that we get a really cold winter, you can lose them. Um, so it's an excellent idea to take cuttings of them at this time of year. And they root really, really easy. Pencil length, pencil thickness, take off the flowers, dip them in the rooting powder, all the usual stuff. Um, keep the cuttings indoors for the winter period and then plant them out next April to flower right through the summer again. And for many herbaceous perennials, this is a good time of year for taking cuttings from them, uh, particularly anything that's a little bit tender uh, that you, you want to keep from year to year. Somebody's wondering what's the difference between Grisolinia and Privet? Well, they're two different hedging plants. Grisolinia um, has, I often call it apple green Grisolinia because it's got that lovely bright um, apple green, like a golden delicious yeah. coloured leaf. And it's waxy and it does brilliantly in seaside areas. It tolerates wind, salt, hardship in, in windy areas. So grizzly and, and for me, it's probably one of the nicest hedges of all. Privet uh, on the other side is um, dark green leaves, really, really dark green leaves, smaller leaves than, than um, grizzlinia. Comes in two different forms, a variegated form and a green leaf form. They're semi-evergreen. So in a cold winter, they drop their leaves. In a mild winter, they retain about 50% of their leaves. So they're not as evergreen as, as Grisolinia and um, <clears throat> a little bit more vigorous hedge as well, particularly the green form of privet. Now, totally hardy, good hedge as well, but in preference, I would prefer a Grisolinia. I think it's a nicer hedge. Okay. It's a lovely, lovely hedge lovely and hedge. it's easy to trim. Great in seaside areas in particular. Comes in a variegated form as well if you want a really low hedge. Yeah. So something that'll only grow maybe a metre high and you want to keep it nice and, and it's got bright variegated leaves and it holds them 12 months of the year. Fantastic. Yeah, but two good hedges, but two, I mean, nothing wrong with privet. Yes, but just depends. I suppose it depends, it depends where, on where you are and what, yeah. your, what your own personal yeah. taste is. Yeah. Now, if two agapanthus that did not flower at all, what should I do to ensure it flowers next year, asks Helen. Well, it depends where Helen has them planted. Agapanthus, like, if they're in pots, leave them. These are plants that love to be pot-bound and the the better pot bound they are, the better they, they're flower. Um, if they're in the open ground, Helen, they're, they're, this would be uh, atypical of agapanthus. They tend to be green for maybe two or three or four years and then they settle down to flowering. So do nothing. Because if you disturb them or try to divide them, you're, you're, uh, you're going to kind of extend the flowering or you're going to, it's going to take another couple of years before they come back into flower. So leave them well enough alone and they're going to die back for the winter. And um, if they're in pots, as I said, leave them in the pots. The tighter they're in the pots, the better they flower. The better, okay. So, bit of hardship. Bit of hardship. Old, bit of hard. Sometimes yeah. we can be too kind mm, to plants yes, and they, yeah, they yeah. prefer... Nothing, nothing needed to be done, just leave them. They will come into flower for you. Now, we've got a lovely close-up of a poppy yeah, here, oriental an oriental poppy, poppy yeah. wondering, I've taken the seed from the oriental poppy, how can I regrow it? Well, um, you simply just sow the seed. Um, if this is one of the California poppies, it looks like that from the leaf. Um, you can sow actually the seed at this time of year. Um, so literally just take the seed from it, put it into a, it can be anything like a coffee cup or a margarine tin or a, uh, anything, any container, sow the seed. The seed's quite small on poppies um, and just cover them with a light bit of compost, to cover them with a cling film and they'll germinate in a couple of weeks. Grow them on in small pots until the springtime and then plant them out of doors. A small bit of plant identification here, Forek. Okay. Uh, flowers from a friend's garden, I got them and I'd like to know what's the name of the flowers, please. Well, they're hydrangeas. They're hydrangeas, just lovely pink yeah. ones. Yeah, it looks like a rose in the background, yeah. a white rose, um, but they, the one to the foreground is, is a beautiful Hydrangea. Hydrangea, yeah. hydrangea yeah. Oh, it looks lovely in the vase. Yeah. Okay, moving along. Um, what's the best way to get rid of flat thistles from all over my lawn? Mm. 
Well, creeping thistle, uh, yeah, and, and you see the trouble is the, the lawnmower doesn't, uh, doesn't, it doesn't get down that doesn't far. Get down, doesn't get a scalp at it. And the other thing with thistles is that they have a downy foliage on the on the leaves, so when you use some proprietary lawn weed killers, they don't necessarily uh, do a good job on it. And they also have a tap root, like a carrot root, so they tend to be a storage uh, organ. So sometimes when you, you treat them, they can re-scrow again. Now, having said all that, this time of year is an excellent time for treating weeds in lawns and the weather conditions are ideal. So I would use, don't cut the lawn for about a week. Right. Allow the thistles to 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 um, to grow and, and uh, be nice and green. And then make up a little bit of dicofar mixed with washing up liquid and apply it on a dry day um, and then trim the lawn three or four days later. Now you might have to repeat that in springtime, but that will certainly, um, that, will, that will get rid of them if you persist with that. Um, and this time of year, September is a good time for treating weeds in general. Okay, great. Now, garden, don't forget the garden hoe as the well. The garden for, hoe. If, we're, we're, if we're, there's weeds in shrub beds and borders and, and again a day like today. Perfect. You know, yeah. get your 10,000 steps in. We're fans of the garden <laughs> yeah, the garden hoe oh, on, this, on this program. I'm um, mm. just wondering what time of year to move a silver birch tree from one place to another? Well, uh, the moving of all plants is done in November. Now, if, if you've got a plant in a pot, then there's no problem. You can take it out of its pot and put it into the ground at this time of year, 100%. But if, if it's a plant like a, bro- a broadleaf tree uh, that's in leaf at the moment and you want to move it from its current situation, leave it till November. Birch transplant, no problem whatsoever. Um, so literally just dig it up in November once it's gone out of leaf and transplant it stake it well put it down at the original level that's important and it'll be perfectly fine next spring Somebody's wondering how long can beetroot be left in the ground um, before? Quite a while again you're safe enough with beetroot up until the end of October but you know I, I, I just don't advise leaving it too late because soil conditions can get quite wet and and mucky and messy um, so once they're ready once the foliage has gone off the root, the beetroot and it's beginning to they're not going to bulk up anymore so any time from the kind of middle of October to the end of October is an ideal time to live beetroot. Now, somebody says we've got four weeks to go. Some pumpkins are turning. Good. Should they be picked now or how do we mind them? Yeah, so and and I was actually chatting to one of the commercial growers um, of pumpkins and they're picking their pumpkins next week. So any time from next week on um, is a good idea to cut them off the mother plant. Now you can see, leave them sit out leave them sitting out on, on a, uh, particularly if the weather's going to be kind of reasonably good, out on a ridge of soil uh, or maybe up on some benches and let the weather start to to ripen them. Um, alternatively, if the weather starts to get colder and wetter, move them into an airy garage or a barn. A hay barn would be an ideal location for them and they will ripen over the next uh, couple of weeks. So any time from next week on is the time to start harvesting your pumpkins. Okay, great. Now we have a photograph in um, and the question is, what is this stuff called? Some kind of crawler taking over the hedges and how do we get rid of it? What do you think? It's a bit of ivy of some description, isn't it? It's convolvulus. It's, oh. um, yeah, convolvulus. Um, bindweed. Oh, it's bindweed. Our old friend, the bindweed. And it is a nuisance in the garden because it grows, it's a herbaceous plant. It dies back to nothing in the winter and it'll grow six or eight feet in one year and scrambles up through hedges and, and can be a, a mess. It's actually a very pretty plant when it's in flower, but you lovely white flower. So that's convolvulus. The way to treat it, particularly if you're growing up through hedges, is to get some weed killer gel. So this is our weed killer in a gel form and you paint it onto the leaves and now is an excellent time to do that. So don't go cutting it back to ground level because it's just going to regrow again. If you try to dig it out, you're only propagating the plant. So my advice really is to paint on um, a weed killer gel onto the leaf of the 
bindweed, it'll bring it back into the root and control it that way. Okay, super duper. Um, somebody wondering, if I saw onions and garlic now, when roughly can I use them? And I got seeds free in a gardening magazine. Right. Are, are they safe to use? What seeds? I wonder. They didn't say. They didn't say. Okay, well, it depends what the seeds are. And generally on the back of the pack, yeah. it'll tell you. So, you know, um, in terms of the Japanese onion sets and garlic and shallots, this is an excellent time to plant them. You can use them as greens through the winter period. So they'll produce lovely green growth between now and Christmas. And you can use those um, for champ or, you know, just cutting the green stems and they'll regrow again. And then the bulbs will form full size bulbs by May or June of next year. And it's funny enough, that's an expensive time. If you look at the price of onions generally at that type of year, late April, May, June, they tend to be that little bit more costly in your in your supermarket. Mm. So it's an ideal time to sow the Japanese onion sets. So they grow through the winter, use them as greens. The garlic you plant it now, it won't be ready until next August. So garlic needs a long growing period. Um, and you can get garlic in different varieties. So Cristo is a really strong uh, high flavoured garlic and others we have about three or four different varieties uh, from mild, medium and strong but now is an excellent time to plant them. The shallots will be ready by April, May of next year to use. Okay um, and we'll probably maybe end one or two, one or two more before we finish up. Uh, Porrick recommended a potato but I can't remember the name. It's purple and fantastic taste. Really want to set it again next year. Oh, what was it? Um, ooh, a purple. Bergen well, no, well, I, I chatted about the Highland, the red burgundy, the Highland yeah. red burgundy. That was more... Uh, red, of, uh, red, oh, the one with the red, yeah, red, out, red, red, red skin. Yeah. You've also got Red Duke of York, which is a, which is a really nice early potato, yeah. um, which is, which is nice as well. Um, so they're, they're two certainly that have that lovely red foliage and a, and a red skin and a, a beautiful taste as well yeah uh, uh, we'll, so, we'll come back to that yeah. again next week we're a little spring. bit bombarded or if you listen back to the last couple of podcasts either you may well pick up information from that we're going to finish with this yucca plant Porek um, photograph in from Phil any idea what to do for it leaves all dried up like thorns can well, it be helped yeah well look at I think look at tidy back anything that's been damaged it's quite brown and quite damaged here so tidy it up trim off all those um, old damaged leaves repot it into a slightly larger pot now and you need to bring it back into a if you had a a, a sunroom yuccas need a kind of a bright sunny area don't don't water too heavily through the winter period and it will reshoot again. Yuccas are a really tough, easy yeah, plant to, nice. to grow. To grow. Okay, we're going to leave it at that. So best of luck to all of the artisan folk today. Yeah, remember that it, it kicks off this morning at 10 o'clock and runs every Saturday and Sunday right through to Christmas and there are 11 uh, local producers there today and fantastic products. I was I was really impressed Very, with the quality. Li- likewise, likewise. Stuff. Some so really drop interesting in things. if you're in and, and give them your support. Okay, that's it. Uh, thanks indeed. We're back again with Gardening next Saturday just after nine. I'll be back all going well after seven. Stand by Michael Neary coming your way next here on Midwest Radio uh, with the very best in country right through until ten o'clock and local news on the way with John Morley. From me, good morning.